Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you. 8.02 on this uh, Tuesday morning, November the 30th. And whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 14.90, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're choosing to listen to the live stream, which you can find on ESPNTucson.com, we appreciate you tuning in. And if you're tuning in in the mysterious future of podcast downloading, we appreciate you uh, downloading the podcast and uh, tuning in at your leisure and uh, listening to the show when you can. I do appreciate that. And uh, once again, you can interact with me on Twitter at UAZ Voice. That's at UAZ Voice. Uh, always available there. If you want to chit-chat, if there's something you heard on the show that day or in a previous day, or if you have some thoughts or some opinions, share them with me. Love to hear from you guys, and uh, several of you do reach out from time to time, and uh, I, I, really do, uh, I really do enjoy it. So uh, feel free to, uh, to hit me up there. Uh, plenty to get into here in hour number two. I mentioned my NFL power rankings in week number one. I'll have those on Twitter for you uh, immediately following the show. The NCAA coaching carousel continues to go round and round. We'll update you on the things that are happening there as it uh, looks like Virginia Tech has got their head coach this morning which means that Oklahoma and Notre Dame still waiting to, uh, you know, the fans there still kind of waiting to hear who their next head coaches are going to be. And they may be waiting some time, especially if they're looking to target Luke Fickle, uh, the head coach at Cincinnati, who will most likely, unless they get beat by Houston this weekend, uh, most likely be in the college football playoff and some other other big-name targets as well. Uh, the Major League Baseball offseason signings, wild numbers for big players. Max Scherzer gets a boatload from the Mets. Uh, he gets Max Scherzer's making more per year than I think like three or four Major League Baseball clubs are paying their entire staff right now. They're, they're like all the all twenty five players on the roster right now. So <laughs> interesting stuff going on. We'll try to get into that. Try to squeeze that in. Be uh, before we get out of here. Also, I mentioned I do have some women's basketball tickets to give away today. Be listening for your cue to call for that because you could win basketball tickets to go see the women's basketball team on December 9th at the McHale Center. So if you want to see uh, an unbeaten and highly ranked team, top 10 team, be listening for your cue to call. That's coming up at some point within the next 52 minutes. So be ready for that. But we begin our number two with a big basketball game in the professional ranks in the NBA. The top two teams are going to lock horns tonight in Phoenix as the Golden State Warriors, the owners of the best record in the NBA, travel into Phoenix to take on the Phoenix Suns, who are the owners of the longest win streak in the NBA right now. 16 consecutive games, one away from tying the franchise record of 17 consecutive wins. You can listen to that game right here on ESPN Tucson. That uh, coverage will begin at 7.30 right here on your radio home for the Phoenix Suns in Tucson. Now, some things that, that I'm looking at, I, I've, I've actually watched quite a bit of Golden State basketball this year. They've been on TV a lot. Obviously, they're an exciting product. Uh, the networks want to put Steph Curry on TV because he is so electric. So I've been able to watch quite a bit of, of Golden State basketball. I will say this, the culture that Steve Kerr installed 
on you know in that team you know however many years ago ten years ago whatever it was when when he started there has has not changed like they have not deterred from that same culture they still play incredibly good lockdown defense they're they're the the best defensive team in the NBA again this year which is amazing because you always think of the Golden State Warriors as being the up and down shooting threes the Splash Brothers all that you know yada yada stuff they just play fantastic team defense Draymond Green once again one of the best defensive players in the league maybe the best defensive player in the league he's just fantastic uh what he does not just physically uh defensively but mentally he just gets guys out of their game um so I mean they they still have that same mentality the, the the culture has not changed the players have changed all over the place you know they don't have they don't have obviously you know no longer have Kevin Durant uh they don't have the superpowers you know the, the super 3 that they had with Clay Steph and KD they haven't had Clay Thompson for a year and a half they still don't have him right now he's going to be coming back he's he's been practicing with the team but he's still not cleared to play NBA games yet by the doctor so they don't even have Clay Thompson yet they don't make big splashes in free agency. I mean, a lot of people would be hard-pressed to name more than four players on the Warriors. You know, and, you know, casual NBA fans would be hard-pressed to name more than four players on the Golden State Warriors right now. They just continue to do the same thing every year, every game, year in, year out. They play lockdown defense. They switch. They have incredible communication on defense and they're able to switch quickly make smooth transitions they're able to get in passing lanes to create steals and they have i think it's the second or third best uh field goal percentage in the lane defensive field goal percentage in the paint essentially they they just don't let teams get to the rim they do a phenomenal job of keeping teams shooting lower percentage shots and offensively they are just an absolute machine they they will screen and screen and screen. They, uh, Tommy Lloyd, during one of his press conferences a couple of weeks ago, mentioned something that didn't get a whole lot of publicity. I know that the, the, like the media kind of just glossed over it, but it's so important when you talk to basketball coaches, when you really get into you know to, to coaches, you talk to them at practice, you talk to them after games, whatever, you're in the office, or you're just having idle conversation with them. They will tell you how important it is to get a you know offensive possessions with multiple screen games, okay, where you can you can you can get to a third screen or even a fourth screen on an offensive set. A twenty four second shot clock is difficult to get to that fourth screen. If you can get to that third screen and you can move the ball to both sides of the defense, so you can see both sides of of the defense in a possession. You have a great opportunity scoring in that particular possession, and nobody, and I mean no one, does it better and has done it better over the last seven, eight years than the Golden State Warriors under Steve Kerr. His his philosophy, his culture, is just, it's it is ironclad. It is unbelievable how good that team is year in and year out, regardless of injuries, guys leaving. I mean, they get. Uh, you know, Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. When, what has Andrew Wiggins done in the NBA since being the you know the high draft pick six years ago? Nothing until he's averaging 19 points a game this year for the Warriors. And Jordan Poole was a guy who was just a a, a 
spot-up three-point shooter. He's averaging 18 points a game. He's getting to the rim. He's constantly attacking. He's setting screens. He's coming off. Uh, he's coming off screens. He's getting cuts to the you know to the basket. I, it it is remarkable to watch this team play. Um, I, I just I can't say enough about how good a coach Steve Kerr is. Just I, I mean, again, I'm probably biased. <laughs> I, I, I'll admit it. I like Steve a lot. I've had a ton of conversations with Steve Kerr when he was here with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, obviously, you know, the, uh, the great Steve Kerr, the alumnus of, of Arizona basketball, letter winner, and all, you know, all the accolades that he's gotten uh, you know, you know, from playing under Lute Olson. But, man, you can't, you can't deny how good of a job he does, not only as a general manager, he's a great general manager, but he's also a, just a remarkable head coach. He is so good at what he does. And you, people can say, oh, it's easy. You got Steph Curry. Uh, you know, look, Steph Curry is not the best player in the NBA. He's not. You know why he becomes one of the best players? In the, why he's one of the top three players in the NBA? Because he's able to work within the framework of their offense, and it fits him perfectly. And when they get Clay Thompson back, it's going to be even more dangerous for other teams in the NBA. Look, I picked I picked the Golden State Warriors to go to the Western Conference Finals this year. I just felt like I the rest of the Western Conference I was like, "Nah, I'm not I'm not all that impressed." I have the Phoenix Suns versus the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals this year. So, this hopefully is a fun preview for what we're going to see coming up in, uh, in next June. It seems forever away, and it is. Uh, but, you know, tonight, 18-2, and two, Golden State taking on 7-3 Phoenix. And in, in, in my opinion, the key matchup in this game, and I think where, where the Suns can make hay, but there's an important aspect, there's an imp- important caveat to this. The key matchup for me, Tonight is DeAndre Ayton versus Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney, six foot nine. DeAndre Ayton, legit seven foot tall. Okay, uh, Kevon Looney, more experienced, a little bit more of a uh, a veteran type guy. He does things. Draymond Green has done a good job of teaching him how to kind of dirty things, muddy things up a little bit in the lane. But at six nine, and he's not the most athletic dude in the world. He's going to be undermanned against DeAndre Ayton tonight. Now, they don't have big men in Golden State. I, Kevon Looney is their big man. Like, that's it. After that, they have to go small. They have to run power forwards at the five spot. And so they, you know, they rely very, very heavily on their defense keeping guys out of the lane, which is going to be huge for DeAndre Ayton. If he can get posted up, if they can get him isolated, whether it's on Kevon Looney or get Kevon Looney to switch – on a pick and roll or some kind of a screen where they can get DeAndre into a quick scoring position, he's going to have to recognize when the double teams are there and when they're not there. Okay, when the double team comes quickly and it will. Watch enough Golden State, uh, enough Golden State basketball this year to know that they are going to crash as soon as that ball enters the paint. So he has to recognize the double teams quickly. If it comes faster than he can, you know, than he can react and get a move going to the basket, just go high low. Find your open shooter. Where does the double team come from? It's 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 very simple. It, you know, we watch the NFL, we watch football, and you hear the color analysts talk about this, and and you're probably smart enough to even recognize it yourself, even as a just a uh, a casual fan who watches you know a game here and there. 
when a blitzing linebacker, a blitzing corner comes uh, from the defense and they attack the quarterback with a five- or a six-man rush, what does the quarterback do? Throw the ball to the area where the blitzer came from. Okay, he has to he, I mean, he has to take up a space so that they're not just showing their hand to begin with, right? So that means that there's going to take time for someone to rotate over and cover his spot where he left. So you attack the spot where they left. Same as in basketball. When a big man catches the ball, he flings the back to the basket, okay? Catches the ball. The double team comes. Where did it come from? Instantly recognize that. If you have leverage on your man, go up and score. If you don't, if they have good position on you or if you didn't catch it cleanly or, you know, whatever happens, if the, you know, if, if, a, if a double team comes from somewhere else, pass it back out. Where did the double team come from? The, a guy just left that area. That means your guy's open. Throw it out to him. Get him an easy three-point shot. Get him an easy look. So it's going to be incumbent on, on DeAndre to, to recognize that because Golden State plays fast on defense, man. They are quick. They are well-disciplined, and they know exactly what they're doing. They communicate well. They know exactly how to get things done. So they're the best defensive team in the league. So it's going to be important for him to recognize when the double teams don't come, attack the rim with reckless abandon. If you can go after, if, especially if you can get a one-on-one with Looney and get him in foul trouble, Golden State's in big trouble in that, in that situation. He's their best rebounder. Uh, well, I, Draymond's probably their best overall rebounder, but – Looney gets a lot of rebounds. So I just you – know, it's like one of those things like that's the matchup to me. It's not about, you know, Booker versus Steph or anything. Those guys are going to get their points. They're going to get their shots off. They're going to do their thing. It's all about if DeAndre can dominate inside against an under you know, an undermanned warrior team down low. And, look, DeAndre's had a great season so far. He had the injury that kept him out for a little while. He's played in 14 games but he's averaging 15.5 points per game. He's the second-leading scorer on the team. He's the leading re- rebounder on the team by a mile. He's also doing some other good things. He's not getting in foul trouble this year, and he's able to play defense, real good rotational defense without fouling. He's not going to get a bunch of block shots. DeAndre Ayton, just, he, the defense isn't set up for that. The Suns don't get a whole lot of block shots anyways. They don't have anybody with that's averaging more than a block shot a game. So they're not going to... They're not going to be that team. But they do play good, solid defense, and I think this is going to be one hell of a game. I, I, As good as both of these teams' defenses are, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game because here's the other thing about Golden State. It, it, it's, it's just, they're just remarkable to me. I, I, I just, I'm sitting here shaking my head because I've watched a lot of, of, a lot of their basketball games. That team turns the ball over at an ungodly rate. I mean, they turn the ball over – it's all. It, it seems like it's every third possession, and they do lead the league actually in uh, turnover percentage. Like the amount of the the percentage of offensive sets that they turn the ball over in, it, they're the worst in the league. They turn the ball over like sixteen or seventeen times a game, which is just it's it's insane that they give up that many extra possessions, and they're the best scoring defense in the league. It's just remarkable how good they play. So, for the Suns tonight, this is just my opinion, the key to the game is to maximize your points off of turnovers. Teams haven't been able to take advantage of, what was it? I think Golden State, they played, was it the Clippers? I think it was the Clippers the other night. I think Golden State had 23 turnovers, and the Clippers had like eight points off turnovers. 
How I don't even know how that's possible. Clippers are a good basketball team. <laughs> like, it, I don't. I just they're so good. They're so good. When they make a mistake, they're like, "Ah, we'll make up for it. It's all good. We can, you know, we can push the uh, push the tempo on offense because our defense is so good. It'll it'll back us up. It's just remarkable how good they are and how good of a great of a job. Not even good. Great, phenomenal, amazing job Steve Kerr has done with that with that program with that franchise. They're by far the best defensive team in the league. Offense, they create their own offense. It's all off of ball screens and cuts. Uh, they lead the NBA in uh, in shots per game off of drives. They're 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 number one in the in the league driving to the basket. They get like 16 shots a game at the rim, which is <laughs> it's a lot. So they're not exactly the best, the biggest jump shooting team in the league. They take a lot of jump shots. Don't get me wrong, but they lead the league in shots at the rim. So. This is going to be one hell of a game. Uh, you're, you're going to want to tune in for this. I'm super excited. I can't wait to uh, to watch the game tonight. Very, very excited uh, to watch this one. This is easily the two best teams in the league, and they're going to do it twice this week because the Suns go to San Francisco on Friday to play the Warriors there. So, man, I, I, I'm just I'm excited. I'm a geek. I really am. I, I know that a lot of people say, well, the basketball season doesn't start. NBA doesn't start until after Christmas. No, no, no. The basketball season starts tonight. Two best teams in the league, two biggest kids on the block. The Western Conference, you know, first place on the line. This is a big game. It's a big game for the Suns. Keep that streak going and uh, see if they can continue to assert their dominance and show that last year wasn't a fluke, that their run to the finals wasn't a fluke. And right now they're proving it. Suns are damn, damn good basketball team right now. They are, obviously, they're rolling. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, the NCAA football coaching carousel added a few names to the list yesterday, and uh, they're going to be in uh, in new positions heading into uh, next season. The effect on recruits, players, and things like that, I mean, I don't care about fan bases, uh, even though some of the fan bases are. Oklahoma's fan base went wild yesterday. We'll talk about that too as well. But uh, there's some new uh, some new head coaches and uh, in new spots, we'll talk about all the uh, the news in the NCAA coaching care, so I'll give you some opinions on that. You can help us here at ESPN Tucson. Stuff the streetcar this Friday. It's going to be going on all day from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. right there at the uh, at 4th Avenue and H Street. Right there, uh, the Sunlink streetcar is going to be stationed there, and we're going to be stuffing that streetcar with new unwrapped toys and cash donations. This is all to benefit the Toys for Tots charity, of course, uh, always big this time of year uh, during the holiday season. Santa is going to be making an appearance at 4 p.m., so bring the kiddos. After they get out of school on Friday, you can bring them down and uh, see Santa as he uh, shows up for the uh, for the Stuff the Streetcar event. That's Again, that's going to be at 4th Avenue and 8th Street right there from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Santa's appearance is at 4 p.m. For more details, you can go to ESPNTucson.com. Stay tuned. It's the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, let's do this. we got a pair of women's basketball tickets to go see the Wildcats take on North Dakota State next Thursday, December 9th. That game is at 6.30. Call now, 520-719-1490. That's 719-1490. Caller number two is going to get themselves two tickets. These are digital tickets. We will text or email them to you. 
and you can go see the women's basketball team, Adia Barnes and the 7-0 Wildcats, number seven in the country, taking on North Dakota State next Thursday at the McHale Center. Game is at 6.30. Call now, 5207-191490. Caller number two will win. Good luck. All right. NCAA coaching carousel. Plenty going on. Holy smokes, there's been a lot. Uh, It's almost like head coaching carousel season is, it's kind of like the NFL draft is to, (laughs) to the NFL. People can't wait to you know to open up their their new toy in uh, in April based on you know who their new draft picks are who the new players are who the rookies are where are they coming from what you know how they play in college everybody wants to look at film of them you know what's your what's your team drafts a, a, a outside linebacker the fifth round from Morgan State or whatever and you're like oh my god I gotta look up film of this guy look at this guy he's a beast uh, I think that that college football fans feel the same way now in basically you know the final weeks of of the final week of November the first week of December because coaches are moving around all over the place there are new coaching hires going on i mean look arizona was affected by one this year i saw god i saw some of the some of the tweets coming from the umass fans when it was announced that don brown was going to was going to take the job and like <laughs> I just had to laugh. I'm like, the audacity of UMass football fans are like, what's so appealing about a coach on a one-win football team to come in here and rekindle the greatness that is UMass football? I'm like, you're UMass, first of all, okay? Settle down. (laughs) Like, I couldn't believe the audacity of some of these people. Yesterday, Oklahoma fans were wilding. Like, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Twitter was absolutely ablaze. With Sooner fans like, good riddance, it's addition by subtraction. Talking about Lincoln Riley, I'm like, the guy lost two games every single year that he was in Oklahoma. Just two, period. Just two. 10-2, and 12-2, 10-2, 9-2, 10-2. and Trophy, Heisman Trophy. Leading the league in, in offense, leading the league in scoring, leading the country in scoring, leading the country in offense. Ah, he's terrible. Addition by subtraction. Number three recruiting class, ah, addition by subtraction. Sooners fans went nuts yesterday. It was the uh, uh, the the uh, you know there's all the, the, the whether there's the six stages or seven stages of grief or whatever it is. They have definitely reached the anger and uh, I you know I guess unrealistic uh, stage of grief, whatever you might you know whatever you might call that. Addition by subtraction. Sooners fans were piling on, like oh Lincoln Riley. Good. Good riddance, buddy. <laughs> okay. Good luck with that. You guys don't have a coach right now. Who are you going to hire? Brian Kelly just took the job at LSU. They backed up every single Brinks truck in the city of Baton Rouge and said, uh, okay, here you go, Brian Kelly. We got about $100 million for you. Come on down and see if you can uh, be the next new coach to win a national championship at LSU the same way that's been done three times in the past when LSU has hired a new coach. Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick went to the microphone today, had a little press conference, and um, wasn't too happy about the situation with Brian Kelly leaving. He said, quote, Brian Kelly did not discuss with me the conversations that he had with other universities. 
We always are talking about the program's needs and how to improve it. And there was not anything identified at any time that was something we could not accommodate or meet. Basically, what he said was, Brian Kelly did this in secret. He never even came to me to allow me to counter what another university was offering. Basically, Brian Kelly was done. I'm out. Bye-bye. Sent a text message to his players last night, uh, basically saying, hey, um, uh, I'm sorry that you guys had to find out in social media and in the news and stuff. Um, I'll give you guys a complete breakdown at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. We have a full team meeting tomorrow at 7 in the morning. How many of those players showed up to there with just no, no gumption to want to go and play for this guy ever again? I, man, that's uh, – uh, that you know, that's look. These are these are some of the the things that, um, you know, that 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 these student athletes deal with. Now, I think one of the, I don't want to say cold hearted things. Uh, you know, it's not a necessarily a cold hearted take, um, but I do want to put this out there. A lot of people are taking to the social medias or having the opinion or the airwaves and their microphones or whatever. And they're saying, you know, the real loser are these kids, these student athletes. And, you know, they have no, you know, no say in, in uh, where their coach goes and when they stay and all this other stuff. Look, the moment that name, image, and likeness became a reality in college, in college athletics is the day that I said, look, I, if coaches want to jump ship, these, you know, these young men can go and play – at the university, and you know, if they're good enough, they'll get some NIL uh, considerations. I, I don't feel as bad for the student athletes anymore. They're getting paid, or they have the opportunity to get paid. Certainly, there is a larger percentage of student athletes who are not getting any kind of NIL consideration than those who are. Some of them are getting the lion's share, but I just I I don't have the you know, the broken heart uh, approach to this anymore, like I had in years past where, you know, a coach would up and leave his players. I'm like, man, those poor players. Eh, it's a business now, folks. Like, everybody's getting paid now, top to bottom. Everyone's getting paid. I'm not so heartbroken anymore, especially with the, the transfer portal going on and how crazy the transfer portal is every year. It's like free agency. You can go just go play for a new coach, go play for a new school, new city, new state, new fans, whatever you want. And NCAA is like, sure, go ahead. Whatever whatever you want to do. So Brian Kelly takes a job at LSU, leaving an, ep- an opening now at Notre Dame. Uh, Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director, said, we're looking for someone who fits the Notre Dame culture. We're not just going to go grab uh, the next hot name, which tells me that they're looking at Luke Fickle, and they're probably not looking much anywhere else. Luke Fickle, a confirmed uh, devout Catholic. He's from the Midwest. He's a great recruiter. Obviously has ties uh, to there. I think his brother is his brother played it at Notre Dame. I think it was or something like that. Um, so they're looking at Luke Fickle. Will they get Luke Fickle? When will they get Luke Fickle? Is he is he going to leave Cincinnati? When will he be available to leave Cincinnati? If they go to the CFP, we're talking January. That's way too long for Notre Dame to just be sitting on their thumbs and like, meh, I guess we'll wait for our coach. We'll just miss six weeks of recruiting period. That ain't going to happen. So it's going to be interesting to see 
what uh, what comes about with the the Notre Dame situation. The Washington Huskies found their man. It wasn't nearly as big a splash as what USC had declared yesterday. But Kalen DeBoer, the former head coach at uh, Fresno State, spent uh, two seasons at Fresno, is the new head coach for the Huskies. I know their fans were all over Twitter yesterday. They're like, wow, yay, Kalen DeBoer, who's that? (laughs) People feeling bad because Lincoln Riley's now uh, in the Pac-12. Everyone feels like they need to step their game up, rightfully so. Wazoo, Washington State named their interim coach, Jack Dickert, who took over for the fired Nick Rolovich midseason. They named the uh, they named him the new head coach for Washington State. So he's going to hire some staff members because four staff members were let go uh, that were under Nick Rolovich previously and uh, figure out what kind of culture they're going to have there. they got to change some things around. There's a lot of work to be done at Washington State. I wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of go in the tank uh, the next couple of years. Not saying anything bad about Jack Dickert. Uh, I don't know, really know who the guy is, or I, I respect the job that he did taking over in a tough situation this year, and Washington State was pretty damn good. Uh, not sure how that one's going to work out. And Rich Rodriguez found himself a new job as he takes over the Jacksonville State head coaching job. Jacksonville State in the state of Alabama. Uh, that's where uh, Rich Rod is going to be, so we wish him uh, all the best, he and his family and uh, kind of just watch some things out there and see how Jacksonville State does and see what kind of points they put up in whatever conference it is that they play in. Congratulations to Rodney Hamilton. Rodney Hamilton was the winner of our women's basketball ticket. Stay tuned. We'll have some more to give away throughout the week here on the Jeff Dean Show. Stay tuned. More after this on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Some local news just real quick just to update you if you were uh, if you missed out on some things uh, as far as things going on with uh, Arizona football in regards to recruiting because it is the two-week contact period going on right now. We talked about it yesterday where I mentioned that Jed Fish and his staff scattered across the country all the way up to to New Jersey and Massachusetts talking to coaches and players. Also, uh, Scotty Graham headed down to SoCal to talk to one of the commits, Jonah Jonah Coleman from Stockton, California. They they went and talked to him. I know uh, that Jonah was uh, tweeting some things out yesterday. He's excited to join the program. Jed Fish was uh, up here in Phoenix. He went and visited uh, visited Brophy Prep yesterday, looking at uh, talking to the coaches over there and looking at some of the players, talking about some of the players. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, Brophy obviously a rich, rich history here uh, in Arizona high school football, and it'll be interesting to see what uh, what kind of fruits of that labor uh, are able to produce. And uh, the the two week road trip continues. For the uh, for the Wildcat staff, and we'll keep you updated on some things. Um, there, you know, there's going to be like, there's going to be a lot going on. Uh, this is this is a an ongoing process until we get to National Signing Day, which is coming up, of course, after the New Year. But uh, we'll see, you know, what this what this recruiting class looks like right now. Fifteen verbal commits. There's plenty of open roster spots for not not just you know more recruits for the 2022 class. 
but also some transfer portal guys as well, and there are a lot of them. Um, I saw this morning, I think Syracuse and Missouri both are leading the uh, the Power 5 schools in the amount of players in the transfer portal currently. Both of them have like 10, I think, in the transfer portal right now. So, um, you know, so uh, those two programs being hit hard by the uh, by the transfer portal. A lot of other schools being hit hard by the transfer portal. So uh, we'll take a look at that. You know, I, I was I was talking about the NCAA coaching carousel, and I, and I didn't even get a chance to mention Oklahoma's coaching search. I mean, there's been so much going on. You know, who is Oklahoma going to be looking at? Now, Lincoln Riley took a lot of his staff with him to USC. Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator, of course, he, uh, he you know, he heads off to, um, to uh, SoCal to, uh, to be there. So it leaves – a little bit of a thinner, I guess, class uh, for Oklahoma to uh, to p- to pick through. Uh, Brent Venables' name has been mentioned, the defensive coordinator at Clemson. I think Brent Venables m- may potentially make a good head coach somewhere at some time. I don't. He, to me, he seems too intense. I've been on the sidelines for Clemson games. Brent Venables is a wild man. Like he's crazy on on the sidelines. He's just he's a madman. Uh, I don't know if that's a guy that you can have as your head coach. You know, we saw that experiment here in Tucson with Mike Stoops and watching Mike on the sidelines and um, and such. You know, at Oklahoma, we saw just how intense of a human being he was. And then he gets here to Arizona, and it's just like, my God, there was flags all over the place. The Pac-12 officials, they they couldn't get enough of flagging Mike Stoops for, uh, you know, for his you know, actions and, and, and things like that. There, there are some guys that just aren't going to be great head coaches because of their, their just, you know, their, their energetic disposition. Um, most of the times they're defensive guys. That's just the way defensive guys are. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen it time and time again. So I don't think that, that, uh, uh, that he is, that Venables is a, is a candidate for the Oklahoma job, not just for that reason. He's not a big enough name either, but, he was run out of Oklahoma. I mean, he was the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma, and they ran him out of town. They ran him out of Norman. There's no way they're inviting him back. I think a name that you should look out for, though, because this guy has a penchant for moving around, and it would certainly be an upgrade for him to move from one SEC school to a current Big 12 future SEC school, and I'm talking about Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin, as predicted – uh, by me and uh, like many others, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and just take sole credit for this. You know, he's got Ole Miss in the top ten. They're ranked in the top ten. They were ranked outside the top twenty-five. I predicted that that would be the one team. It happens every year. It's happened every year for like the last nineteen seasons. A team outside the top twenty-five in the preseason has finished in the top ten. I predicted Ole Miss. Ole Miss would be that team this year, and sure enough, there they are. One hell of an offense, obviously. You know, he knows how to coach quarterbacks and, and coach offense. To me, he's matured a lot. He's starting to round into more of the type of person that his father was, Monty, of course, a lot more composed just on the offensive side of the ball as well as the defensive side of the ball. I I think Lane Kiffin would be an absolute home run hire for Oklahoma. I think he's the best guy, the best fit available for Oklahoma, and they certainly have the money to be able to back him up. And I'm sure that he would be very happy 
with their current recruiting budget, which for the last three years has been the highest recruiting budget in the entire country. Uh, Lane Kiffin can still recruit SoCal. He's done a good job in SoCal uh, in all of the stops that he's been. So Oklahoma wouldn't lose much. I think it's a no-brainer. They just need to money whip him, throw a ton of money at Lane Kiffin, let him be a higher-paid coach than Nick Saban is currently, which I think Nick Saban right now is like the fourth-highest-paid coach in the country, which is kind of funny considering the, the contract that he signed just a couple of years ago. But such is life in the world of college football these days. Um, but I, I, think that, I think that it's going to be uh, – I think that Oklahoma would, would be, you know, just ridiculous not to offer him kind of whatever he wanted to come in and be the next head coach at Oklahoma. I think it's a perfect fit uh, for them and, and what they do and what's been established at Oklahoma, not only under uh, under Bob Stoops, but uh, certainly under Lincoln Riley. And to continue that, uh, you know, that course of action, of course, and then they'll be right back in the SEC in a couple of years and he'll be able to compete against his favorites, you know, Nick Saban and uh, Kirby Smart and such when, uh, when that time comes. So um, I think I think Oklahoma should just go ahead and back up the Brinks truck for uh, for Lane Kiffin. Notre Dame, it, it's it's a lot stickier situation for Notre Dame because they need the right guy. It's a, it's a unique situation at Notre Dame. It's similar to other programs, but still unique in the grand scheme of things. You know, there's only a few schools like Notre Dame out there as far as recruiting uh, and academic and things like that go. Luke Fickle's the obvious choice, but can they afford to wait for Luke Fickle? Can they uh, can they afford to throw away six weeks of recruiting to wait for Cincinnati to finish their season? If Luke Fickle is a is a man of uh, you know worth his salt, he's got this Cincinnati program to where it's at. He would see things through. You know he would he would tell if he's a man of his, you know of his salt. He would he would tell Notre Dame. Look, I, I'm going to see things through here at Cincinnati. We're going to ride this thing out as far as we can, see if we can't win a national championship at Cincinnati, and then we'll talk. But I'm not leaving Cincinnati uh, before just so we can get some recruiting done. It's an interesting uh, situation for them. Also, Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell's from the state of Ohio. He's an interesting choice possibly for Notre Dame. He'd obviously be available uh, pretty much right away. The head coach at, at Iowa State, they had a seven-win season, so they're not going to be playing in a, in, a, you know, in a playoff or anything like that. They're not in the Big 12 championship game. They've got a bowl game coming up, whatever bowl game that happens to be. So uh, Matt Campbell, you could do worse than Matt Campbell. That's for, that's for damn sure. Uh, players love him. He's young. He's fiery. He you know, runs a good system. He's got a great culture there at Iowa State, and uh, you could certainly do a lot worse than him. I, I just don't know if that's a big enough name uh, for Notre Dame so or the right fit, according to Jack Swarbrick. We'll, but we'll have to see. And, again, we'll keep you updated on uh, on all that here, uh, not only here on this show, but, of course, Spears and Ali every day from 3 to 6. When we return, put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Final segment to today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Goes too fast sometimes, man. A lot of stuff to talk about is I got... 
plenty of things that are uh, on my list here of things I want to talk about that we're not going to be able to get into today. So carry it over to tomorrow unless it becomes old news, in which case we just toss it away. Uh, Major League Baseball offseason signings <laughs> been wild. Ever since things kind of got started, what was it, uh, about like two weeks ago, I guess, when Noah Syndergaard, Thor, signed with the Angels for one year, $21 million, and everybody said that the Angels were absolutely crazy for paying that kind of money for Thor. And then the next day, Justin Verlander signs with the Houston Astros, one year for $25 million. And then things have just gotten even crazier since then. Uh, uh, Wander Franco, the Rays, shortstop, 20 years old, signed a 12-year contract with Tampa Bay. 12 years. 185 or 215 million. I can't remember which one it was, but a 12-year deal. Absolutely insane. And then things just continued to get uh, even more and more crazy. Um, The two-time Cy Young winner, Corey Kluber, signed with the Rays. Dude, the AL East is going all out because the Rays signed Kevin Gosman. Uh, They got him away from the Giants, signed him to a $110 million deal after they already extended their ace, Jose Barrios. The AL East is gunning for it, man. It's that's going to be a, uh, a a fun race to watch next year. There's four legit, really, really good teams um, in that uh, in that division. Mariners signed Robbie Ray to a hundred and fifteen million dollar deal. Then Max Scherzer got absolutely paid bank money in New York City, going to the Mets three years, one hundred thirty million dollars. For three years, he's making what is it, forty-three and a half million? Look, I look, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm friends with Max and his family. I, I've known Max for several years. I am more than happy for him. I am so happy for that dude. He is uh, not only is he a remarkable talent, one of the twenty-five best pitchers in the history of baseball, uh, but he is you know he's just a great guy and family is great. Erica, his wife, awesome, awesome gal. Um, he deserves it. He's earned it, and I'm super happy for him. $43.5 million a year, something, whatever it is, is more than like three teams are paying their entire roster. <laughs> then, with yesterday, with yesterday, right, Corey Seager, shortstop Corey Seager, signs with the, the Texas Rangers. Like I don't know if they, they gave him an oil rig or something to, to invest in or whatever. I don't know where they got this money from. Ten years. $325 million for Corey Seager. <laughs> and and then just, I think it was like maybe 20 minutes ago, Javi Baez leaves the uh, the Mets. Uh, they was talking to the Mets are going to re-sign him. I'm like, there's no way. He flipped off the fans. Like, that's not happening. <laughs> like, they're not, they're not going to re-sign Javi Baez. He signs with the Detroit Tigers. Six years, $140 million for Javier Baez. So, MLB free agency, man. The offseason is wild in this year. Now, before we get out of here, I want to share a, a good story. I, I predicted, I think it was week four or week five, uh, once I got the chance to, to, to really you know, sit and watch and see what these teams were about um, after watching plenty of Michigan football, Ohio State football, and all, all the other teams that are involved uh, in big-time uh, big college football this year, I predicted that Michigan would finally beat Ohio State. They were going to beat them this year. just felt like they were the better football team. Jim Harbaugh was able to celebrate, finally, a win over Ohio State, get that monkey off his back. And they did it in dominating fashion. 
And then Jim Harbaugh and his wife Sarah announced yesterday that they're going to be giving their incentive bonus money, whatever bonus money Jim Harbaugh earns this year, you know, like additional compensation. Like if he earns coach of the year, he gets fifty grand. If he gets national coach of the year, he gets seventy five thousand. Uh, when they, uh, if they, they they won the big e, uh, the Big Ten East, so he gets five hundred grand for that. If they win the Big Ten championship game over Iowa, he gets a million dollars for that. New Year's Six bowl game, he gets two hundred grand for that. They go to the CFP, he gets a half a million. If they win the championship, he gets another million. Could be upwards of three point four million dollars. They announced that they're going to be distributing those funds to everyone in the department who had to endure pay cuts last year because of the COVID cutdowns. So. Props to Jim Harbaugh and his wife, Sarah, for giving back to those people who had to give, not even voluntarily, forcefully, because of the COVID cutdowns, uh, cutbacks last year. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Congratulations to Rodney Hamilton, won himself some basketball tickets, and, of course, thanks to Mary for holding everything down. Stay tuned for Spears and Ali from 3 to 6, Suns and Warriors tonight at 7.30, and I'll see you guys again tomorrow morning right here on ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.